My favorite chairlift is Schnuck. My favorite chairlift is Quicksilver. Hey, we are on the lift. And that was Sarah, eight years old, and Hannah, nine years old. Sarah and Hannah's parents, Josh and Betsy Hall. They have got skiing dialed in for kids and families, and we're gonna learn some great tips and from their vast experience in taking the little ones to the slopes. And there's never been more important time to go up with this kind of organization than during this whole COVID season. So here we go. Thank you for listening to On The Lift Podcast, a runaway dumpster production. Live from Greenwater Studios, this is On The Lift Podcast, your weekly show that is ultimately about skiing. This is the show that ducks the rope, earns some turns, dances in ski boots, poaches hot tubs, closes the bar, and still makes it on the first chair. Here's your hosts, two dudes who rip the pow, shred the gnar, and tell the tales, Lance Hester and Michael Gore. Okay, we're on the lift, and uh, right in the middle of ski season in late January here. And uh, yeah, I've got a great show for you this evening, today, on the on the way to the hill, whenever you're listening to it. Um, we're going to be talking to Josh and Betsy Hall, who have really dialed in skiing together as a family, like just all of the aspects of that. Um, so really excited to dig into that. So uh, so we're here with Josh and Betsy, and of course, Lance Hester himself is here. And hey, Mike, studio. how you doing? Doing well, doing well. You've been skiing lately? No, I was going to go this last weekend, but unfortunately, work got in the way. So first things first. I know, I've got that old. same problem. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but let's, uh, let's introduce Josh and Betsy. Uh, guys, uh, just a little bit about yourselves. Where, uh, you know, where do you live? Where do you guys like to ski? Sure, I'm Josh, this is my wife, Betsy. Uh, we've uh, been married for 13 years. We have three kids, ages uh, nine, eight, and six. Um, and we live in the Lake Taps, Washington area. And we primarily ski at Crystal Mountain, uh, our local mountain here about an hour away. I was up there today. It was an awesome day up there. So, um, yeah, that's kind of our story. Right on. What do you do for a living, Josh? I'm in real estate sales, so a real estate agent here in uh, the King County, Puget Sound area. And I hear you have a probably more demanding full-time job, Betsy. <laughs> That's right. I'm just at home with the kids. Not and... just, but you are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Doing full-on homeschool with three kids starting this year. So we're doing our own homeschool thing. Oh, wow. So you're bypassing the old um, Zoom school and whatever the public schools yep. have available right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we've got Hannah at nine, Sarah at eight years old, and Jacob at six. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, well, I had the privilege of meeting you guys a month or so ago for the first time on the Hill, and it seems like um, you got some some kids who have a real nice spirit about them, and um, not not to mention some amazing skiing skills given their age. Um, how long have they been skiing? They were all kind of in ski boots on skis, you know, on the snow, and they were, you know, two to three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. that was kind of just... You know, being pulled around, you know, right. nothing intense, but, but exposed fun. to it. Yeah. Uh -huh. We both started as adults. So I started after high school 
Um, I was doing a lot of snowmobiling, but I was wrecking a lot of snowmobiles. So it gets very expensive when you're buying parts every weekend. So <laughs> I can imagine. Um, got into skiing and then Betsy had never skied until our second date or third date, whatever it was. Yeah. So um, was that kind of a, was that kind of a relationship test thing? Like when, you know, were, were you I very, think it was. I don't think I was given a choice. It was did, did you like, like, you have to become a skier. Plan that first date just before ski season began so that you could like make some decisions early on there, Josh. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so when you guys uh, taught the kids to ski, did you, um, did you do, was it a DIY? You kind of like watch some YouTube videos and, and yeah. trial and error, or did you put them in lessons? Or? Yeah, no, it's exactly what it was. Kind of DIY, right? I remember, yeah. I forget the guy's name. There was like a YouTube video series that I watched a little mm -hmm. bit and, you know, found out, you know, cause I'd never taught a kid to ski. Um, you know, found out about the whole like, uh, you know, tip clip thing. That edgy wedgy. Together. Edgy wedgy. <laughs> edgy wedgy. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the harness, right? So, you know, with the leashes yep. and looking at those different things. So, yeah, it was all kind of a do-it-yourself thing. I mean, a large part of the reason that we ski is to spend time together as a family, right? So, right. you know, just to like, okay, go up there and just like throw the kids in lessons for the day. Well, we want to like spend time together, right? As a yeah. family. So, that's why we ended up just kind of doing it ourselves and um yeah it's 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 worked well but it's it's taken you know some time but you know our kids are all you know skiing all over the mountain now they're not always the fastest but they can ski ski anywhere um well, that's great so, that's been well invested time then yeah a lot of time so like mike, mike mentioned the edgy wedgy and the and you mentioned the harness um would having gotten all three kids through the the ranks of the early days of skiing would you go you know just for our listeners would you recommend going back to those like if you were to do it all over again would you still use it yeah those worked really well i mean one little tip um i uh, i'll just as i think about kind of tips of things that worked or didn't work i'll make sure yeah. sure so like on the edgy wedgies i forget the brand bit but there's the the old school kind that have like a uh, like a wing nut, you know, thing that like threads down, right? Yeah, that just puts um, and, a circle and, in, the, yeah. in the fiberglass on the ski. <laughs> yeah, um, and they come out, the, the kind that I find that I liked um, was more like an alligator clip, right? Mm. Like, it, you know, bites over it and then like clamps down uh -huh. um, with like a, a camming device. Those were really easy to take on and off with gloves and stuff like that. So that style worked better. Um, and then we used the, um, Kimber, the name of it, um, I saw one today on a kid. The lucky blue and bums. yellow. Lucky bums. The lucky bums. Um, harness that you know you essentially you know. They wear it like a backpack. Yeah, wear like a backpack, and then you have like these two reins, like you're you know driving Santa's sleigh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, I've seen other friends that have used the kind that attach like their boots. Um, no. but we went for the the chest strap one, and it seemed to work fine. But you, know, you gotta you got to help them learn their balance, right? So yeah. you can't be pulling on it too much. It's more of a, a safety speed check if they get out of control. Um, <laughs> but you can't let them rely on it. But yeah, those that works really well. So I would definitely recommend. Uh, is, that, is that the one that has the, the handy handle right in the back so you can pick them up like a you know, like yeah, a gym bag? Yeah, on the lift. It was so easy <laughs> yeah. to just grab them. That's awesome. We walk. use those in the airport. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get I'm getting a shoulder lift. strap. Yeah. So yeah. getting them on the lift, and then also when they're on the lift, especially my youngest. You know, he with, said uh, on the lift. He did. <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> um, the uh, the boy, he's so squirrely on the lift. He makes me nervous, especially when he was really young. Yeah. He was, like, small enough that he could slide underneath the bar if he didn't Ugh. really got crazy. 
So I just like hang on to the handle while we're on the lift and I'm not worried about them going anywhere. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, the backpack handle, you know, works, works well. All right. Well, great. So, um, all right. So you got them going early and those were a couple little, uh, little, that's really, it's amazing what you can find on YouTube. And I'm, I'm interested that you've been able to do so well with your kids without having to put them into lessons. Not that they're bad, but everyone's got the different priority and you guys have the skills to, you know, pass them on and pass on to your kids and all that, but some people don't. Sure. What would you say, like, let's sort of go to the end of the story and then we'll come back to some stuff in the middle. Um, you guys seem to, you know, have a real thing for skiing and it's been, you know, you've skied over 50 days one of the years before you had kids and, and that sort of thing. Um, do you feel like your kids are developing a passion for the sport? It depends on the day, but uh -huh. I think as a general rule, like as a general thing, yes. Um, and a passion to be outdoors. Like we don't do a lot of, like we don't have any like video games in the house or, you know, that kind of stuff. So they don't do a lot of screen time. So we're definitely a fan of just kind of getting them outdoors, whether it be, you know, skiing during the winter or mountain biking or hiking or whatever during the summer. So I think, you know, that was really our biggest thing with trying to expose the kids to skiing is just really exposing them to being outside and in the elements. I love and it. Exercise and all of that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like in the middle of ski season, they oftentimes aren't as excited about it as they are like in the middle of summer right and they're summer like oh we can't wait for ski season right right, right. but then you know we go at least at least once a week probably yeah um so you know they're getting up there quite a bit so sometimes that towards you know come you know end of march or april it'll be dragging them up there they won't be as excited but now they they feel like you know yeah. we're still mid-season it's still they're, it's also, they're all like just different like jacob right now is like all about the jumps so they were watching youtube videos the other day about jumping so now he's like i gotta go so i can work on my jumping and um but like hannah is content to just go ski quicksilver like she can all do day it all day long. huh just, okay just at her own pace so she really enjoys it but it's not like and she likes going and she'll talk about going but it's not like she's not a racer like she's not one that's like right mm -hmm. so it's like the passion's there to go and do it, but not like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so um, I raised kids skiing, and uh, particularly one, and and um, at the at the start of that that journey, it was kind of overwhelming. You know, you're you're packing for two, you're um, having to make sure you don't only remember your own pair of gloves, but that you remember theirs, and and you know, there's just lots of stuff with skiing to to juggle. I mean, if you if you ever stand at a luggage carousel at the airport at a ski destination, I mean, the amount of stuff that any individual has to bring is, is pretty crazy. Well, you, you guys, you know, there's, you get three young ones, you know, and to me, it'd be hard to, hard to imagine, you know, saying, saying, Hey, Jacob, make sure you remember all your stuff because, you know, like he could ruin the thing for everybody <laughs> if he forgot his whatever socks or, or whatever it be. So, um, so that's one of the things that I, um, I've enjoyed kind of learning about you guys is, is that you have it kind of dialed in. So, so walk us through what you do to get your family ready to go skiing. They all have a tub and everybody's got their name on their tub. And um, typically during ski season, it's like you just dry it out and then everything goes straight back in the tub. So you don't go get your ski jacket out of your tub during the week. You got a different jacket to wear. Uh, to like, school and everything yeah to right. school like there's oh, ski stuff, 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 stuff yeah um 
same with like gloves. But yeah, so it's pretty helpful because as soon as it dries, it goes back in the tub and then um, the night before or whatever, I just kind of make, go through it, make sure everything's there real quick. But um, just do a quick, a quick little mom check to make sure that someone, yep. didn't, especially this Somebody year, they don't forget their mask, out. you know, right. for, for the lift line or whatever, the, right. the, yeah. the neck gate or yeah. what have you. Okay. So. I like it. So you guys have, you guys have organization and process because um, <laughs> uh, you, you'd sent over some pictures uh, before the interview and I was just looking at, you know, when you've got all of their bins and everything. And that was my first question was, oh man, I'd never be able to keep everything that organized, but the discipline to like, take it out, dry it, put it right back in and then it just makes it so easy. So let's, stuff. Then you're not packing and unpacking every time you go. Right. That's, yeah. that's a good tip. Yeah. Um, you know, their passes are literally attached to my, I, have, I don't use a tub. I have like a duffel bag, but their passes are all attached to my duffel bag. So when we take their passes off at the mountain, it gets, you know, just half inched onto my, under a strap in my duffel bag. Right. So, okay. um, so, so they're, they're all they, together. You don't stand the chance of losing one of them or whatever. Exactly. Cool. So let me come back to two more kind of organizations. Oh, sure. Yeah, you bet. On. So um, I just sent you a picture of it, but you can, you know, post it wherever to the um, truck organization, right? So, like, okay. the, you know, like we have a canopy on the back of our truck, right? Which keeps things nice and dry, which I highly recommend, right? But it, the way that all truck beds are built, you can, they're built to where you can lay a couple of two by sixes across between like the wheel wells mm -hmm. and then put some plywood in there. And that's what we've done. Just do some Indorado carpet on it. Um, and then all of our skis um, go underneath, right? So when we're, you know, all five of us coming back at the end of the day, instead of having all this wet, you know, ski gear and stuff going into the back of the truck, it all goes underneath the plywood, right? Perfect. And then all of our gear goes on top. But that organizing in the truck um, with the kind of the, the ski platform has definitely been really helpful. Yeah. Um, and then um, the other thing, as far as our, the skis go, um, with the kids, you know, when you have three kids trying to carry their skis and the poles and all that stuff, it can, they're always dropping them, getting on off the shuttle, and it becomes a fiasco getting it up there. So what we did is just started using just like the one inch wide, uh, the volet straps, right? Maybe, a, oh, yeah. you know, the elastic straps. And then, um, you know, put their poles and their skis all, you know, in that strap. So they can just carry the one thing, right? right the one right. thing has their skis and poles. So that way the, sk the skis aren't coming apart while they're walking or getting off the shuttle or whatever. So um, those fillet straps. And then when we get up to the mountain, they, you know, they just fit in my you know, pocket of my pants, right? They're not this like yeah. big, they have like these big Velcro ski carry systems. But by the time you have like three of those, it's you know, yeah. a bunch of stuff. So just those fillet straps work really good yeah that would be more than a pocket full if you bought those commercial commercially right. sold things well you know it's it's interesting because it's a sport that that like it's everything about it is complicated but it's it's so worth it because it just is just such an amazing feeling to be skiing generally whether you're a beginning you know skier or an intermediate or an advanced you know yeah. all the different skills you got all your appendages going and then you know just to get from the car to the shuttle you know right. to the to the first lift line you've got you know, yeah. four things you're carrying and you're walking in some stuff that's not super, you know, like natural to be walking around in ski boots if you're a little kid. So right. that's great to try and keep it simple for them. Yeah, yeah, I like your strategy of just, yeah, minimizing a lot of those variables. I got a whole page of notes here because <laughs> I'm just thinking like I every time we go out, my daughter has a, a problem keeping her uh, brakes interlocked to keep the skis mm -hmm. together. Exactly. You know? 
Yep. I mean, for me, it was really important to have her carry them the correct way where you've got, you know, the binding right. behind sure. the shoulder and then yeah. the tip down. <laughs> but it's kind <laughs> but of funky for a, you know, it, it a six-year-old. It's just it it's is. a lot of, it's weird. It's not yeah. a feeling. Yeah, well, she's 14, so I'm kind of pushing her. Oh, it's time. More to, <laughs> she's arrived. It's, it's she time. needs to get those tips now, forward. But, yeah. but when I've got all three of them up there, you know, uh, yeah, I just lash them all together, carry this yeah. as a bundle. So that's we'll also keep them stored that way at home so then you yeah. don't ever forget some of these poles. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 So. You don't bring last year's poles for the youngest right. one. Right. <laughs> Well, maybe we should switch a little to, to safety and, and to, um, to some of the things that you've done to make sure, you know, um, that you're not just, well, well, I guess you're probably teaching safety and that sort of thing along the way. But what do you do to keep a peace of mind with, um, with your kids when you're on the mountain and, you know, in the event you get lost and how do you communicate? You know, they probably don't yeah. have cell phones yet. They're uh, eight, nine and six. Right. The pictures you sent are interesting, and and we'll post definitely uh, um, the on our on our website, which by the way, ontheliftpodcast.com is where you'll find us, listeners. And we'd love it if you'd go over there and you would uh, leave us a note if you have any thoughts or suggestions. The other thing that some of you are apparently finding way more convenient is to hit us on Instagram. Uh, we're on the lift podcast on Instagram, and uh, I've enjoyed some of the messaging back and forth with several of you this week and uh, having a lot of fun with that so and and don't for, don't be afraid to hashtag us or use that little what do you the et thing I'm, I'm still getting used to this social media stuff <laughs> <laughs> the ampersand on the lift podcast and then of course while we're at it i'll say this again later on our number 253-260-4577 leave us a friendly message we love getting those too um but yeah so anyways back back to what um what we were talking about the passes right so on their passes i just printed off a little piece of paper um, and then put it on their pass with some packing tape and it just says in case of emergency right and then dad phone number mom phone number and then we carry which we can get into this too the gmrs radios so it just says frs channel 1616 so you know if our something happened to one of our kids right then you know, ski patrol or whoever is going to obviously look at their past to figure out their name, right? Yeah. And now they have our phone numbers and radio frequency right there too. Perfect. So, and I, so I just put it right next to their photo on the front. So if somebody's looking at, you know, a patrollers looking at their name, they're going to see this note that says in case of emergency, you know, dad, mom frequency. And then we've also attached a, a whistle to all of their passes. Um, you know, a, a good, you know, like Fox 40 or um, similar. A whistle uh -huh. um, so that they know that in the case of emergency you know that's you know this is this is there they have so a tool really, yeah yeah it's a tool they're really trying to teach them the you know don't be the person crying wolf right like mm -hmm. a whistle right. is a tool for emergency i'm kind yeah, of wishing that would have been what the you so loud the trees know, the, the uh flutophone teacher would have said to our <laughs> kids when they were going through the music class <laughs> this, is, this is only it's for emergencies only. at home you shall right. not use it when you cross that threshold this right. is a safety clarinet <laughs> <laughs> and it probably helps them feel more secure when you're trying to convince them to hey let's you know let's let's go under or through this backcountry gate you know and yeah or, or well, you know I mean, kind of wells, pushing their boundaries a little the bit biggest hazard that we're dealing with with the kids out there is the tree wells right so mm -hmm. you know if a tree, kid goes in a tree well you know, even if 
nightmare. you know, they can, they can, yeah, it's a nightmare for sure, but at least get them, you know, a whistle that they can try and, you know, call for help instead of trying to bury themselves, trying to get out, you know, or yeah. whatever. So last year, I thought I lost Jacob. Oh, really? Oh my God. So, so I was like panicking and I was like, Josh was on the other side of the mountain with the girls and I had Jacob and he had to pee. So, but of course he didn't have to poop. And so we had to find a toilet. And so we were out Green Valley. So I said, <laughs> fine, we'll go down Kelly's Gap. And he took off. And really I could Green not Valley. catch the kid. Like she couldn't I catch could him. not catch him. And so then he was on a like, mission. <laughs> ended up going to the base and he was standing there like dancing with his skis <laughs> off. And I'm like, but so like that was, you know, that's a long way to hold, hold it. So, so like he was holding it from, from like the green Valley base chair, basically green Valley yeah. chair all the way down to the lodge. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> it, it was, it was. <laughs> Like we don't have any other options out there because you can't <laughs> even get to the bathroom at the upper lodge. What we've done for several years now is we use the um, FRS or GMRS radios. Um, mm -hmm. We use these Motorola, um, talk about this, the T600 that we use. Uh -huh. um, and But we use them on speaker mics. When you just need to like get a piece of information back and forth to each other pretty quickly, Right. Um, the cell phone doesn't work, right? Because you got to get it out. You got to get your glove off. You got to exactly. dial it. You got to, you know, and the person to answer. So the speaker mics are just a, any Motorola radio um, with these speaker mics, like 19 bucks on Amazon. You know, this goes in the pack. This just goes right to the shoulder strap on the pack. And it makes it super fast for us to communicate. Well, these, and those uh, sorts of separation things are inevitable when you're skiing with a family. I mean, that's for sure. unfortunately one of many times when you're going to have those sort of those moments that would be frightening if you weren't able to communicate. Oh, I found him. He's down in the lodge. We'll be right out of the bathroom in a minute. You know, right? you could have gone minutes, more yeah. than minutes, whatever, before yeah. you... Those okay. radios also are a good way to find out if your if your friends have found powder stashes because if they're not <laughs> yeah. getting back to you right away, right. typically... Uh, that means they're skiing something well that's just what i've learned from when lance has a radio on and we've been skiing yeah. in groups or anybody or maybe. lance what's what's your 20 oh up oh, yep he's found found some powder yeah, yeah he's, gone, he's gone dark on us yeah. he's gone dark <laughs> um the other safety thing which is just kind of like as they're learning to ski right is is more just like situational awareness right so like you know looking uphill when they're merging into something or, or even when they're not if they're just making a turn and you know how you know, you don't want to be going, you know, traversing all the way across, you know, this run without looking, you know, up above you and really kind of, you know, I think probably all the kids have been hit. Really? Snowboarders. Oh my gosh. You know, it's just, especially like early in the season, you get, you know, snowboarders up there or whatever, not paying attention. Or, or they can't see on their backside. Yeah. Backside not all whatever. snowboarders. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the ones that don't listen to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, is most of them. They can't see. <laughs> <laughs> but just trying to teach the kids to like, you know, safety is, is, you know, your responsibility to a degree, right? Like you have to be yeah. aware of who's around you and where they're coming in, if they're in control or not or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's definitely important. Yeah, it's like then, defensive driving. Yeah. Yeah, Same for idea. sure. And then talking about the control, just making sure that they are in control, right? Like you have to, you know, especially now as, you know, Jacob, the, the boy is, you know, more and more antsy to go fast and go off jumps and this, that, and the other. Like, you know, you, have, you can go fast, but you need to be in control. Um, so yeah, yeah just really I, 
I work on that with, with my teenager now. It's like, okay, you, especially when her ego gets going because she's with some friends that are better than her, which right. is the best teacher. And that's the way you're going to improve sure. your skiing more than anything is skiing with people better and faster. But, you know, hey, stay in control all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys do to like manage sort of the, the just the, the breaks and the lunches and, and that sort of stuff? Um, when it comes to, you know, being on the mountain with kids? Well, unfortunately, our days have been shorter this year is the reality of it, right? In years past, if we get, you know, get them inside and have lunch and warm up for mm -hmm. 20 to 30 minutes, then they're good to go for the rest for the afternoon. But yeah. that's been a little harder. So, um, well, I can tell you, what, the, the number one thing I miss the most about just a day of resort skiing is the hot chocolate break, you know, the, the <laughs> 1030 or 11 o'clock break you know and and there's you know you can't go into the lodge and just sit down and kind of kind of you know decide what you're going to do the rest of the day and just chit chat and have a social time with whoever it is you're skiing and especially the family i remember like with my older son Braden, he's 21 now but when he was little we used to bring a, a deck of uno cards they were waterproof uno cards <laughs> and sometimes it was just the two of us playing and if we had a friend up there or or if his mom or, or whoever's up there with us you know, we, we'd take a half hour and we'd have, we'd have a little bit of a uh, little bit of time that wasn't so focused or concentrated on, on skiing. And it was, I mean, I just look back on that as just like some super fond memories of, of, you know, family time together. But, you know, so that's, that's out of the equation this year is that lodge mm -hmm. time. Um, we also have talked a little bit about this, this term, the, uh, uh, the car lodge, the new, the new term of the year. And, and not all mountains are, are necessarily situated for using your car as the lodge, but so yeah, what have you guys been taking lunch breaks or just leaving early? We've just basically been doing half day stuff. I think we just, like the last few the, weeks been doing half days. They're cold or, and yeah. I feel like with the kids, especially by the time you get them down to the car and get them comfortable and mm -hmm. then get them back up, it's like, it just feels like that takes a lot of their energy or their, yeah. they're just they're if they're going to the car they're ready to be done the engine's turning on yeah earlier in the season what we were doing is any mountain is expensive to buy lunch right so we've been bringing lunch and then just you know packing some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or whatever um, and throw them in our back there for a while like you know we'd get up there maybe at you know 10 ski for a couple hours have their sandwich on the side of the run somewhere, just pull over to a safe spot on the side of the run and, you know, sit there on your skis and I love that. Have, have a, have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and some water or whatever, and then ski for a couple more hours. But I think the reality is, you know, like the kids are, you know, a couple hours and then a food break and then a couple more hours. Like we're probably only getting, you know, four hours of skiing in right now a day um, because of not having a place to really go warm up. You know, right. so um and then I just have a ton of snacks in, the, of snacks in the car for when we're done. But the other thing that's I think that's contributed to our half day skiing this year is because it's reservations, it's all just kind of like lottery on like is it even gonna be a good snow day? And like yeah, so like we were up there and it was just ice. So oh like, yeah, that's the worst. Mm. And it wasn't even fun skiing, so it's, it's like kind of like Josh and I are kind of like, this. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's what makes the the kids good skiers because they gotta get their edge control down, you know. Yeah. So it's it's still good practice, but it's usually like, okay, we've skied for like three hours, they're kind of done, and the snow's not good. When they say they're done, they really just need a break, or they need some food, or they need hand warmers put inside their gloves, or whatever, right? So if they, when they say, oh, we're done, remember. 
early on, you know, if we had friends that were teaching their kids, you're like, you know, how do you get your kids to ski so long? We can only get like two runs in. And then we're like done for the day. I'm like, well, that's not an option for our kids. <laughs> oh, so you'll figure out why are they saying they're done? Okay, well, let's, you know, let's take a break. Let's, you know, get you warmed up. Let's, you know, get some food, whatever. Um, so that, you know, we can not just be done because you're uncomfortable for a little bit and that we can do something to fix that. Well, I remember having some, some, you know, a little, uh, bribery tools on me i remember oh, yeah. uh, you know when brain was younger he'd start pulling that and i'd say you know oh, we'll take another run and oh look what's in my pocket and i'd open up some yeah. m&ms or skittles Gummy or whatever bears. it was yeah Gummy bears are frost. yeah you say all right and then you know let's take another run maybe we'll get another bag of those or whatever and and you know you don't want to have too much of a sugar buzz but at the same time right. if it keeps everyone getting a few more you know rounds on the muscles and and a few more skills in and you guys having some fun then yeah, it's worth it. It's the tools to fix the problem, right? So if the problem is food, you got to have some food with you, right? Yeah. Some gummy bears, but then some, you know, good snacks too, right? If they're cold, you got to have either extra layers in your pack for them. Um, the hand warmers, you know, for their gloves to go inside. We've always kept extra balaclavas in for the kids, you know, because they weren't skiing with one because those obviously can really warm you up. So I actually have a couple extra in my pack just because if they get wet or cold and then yeah. they start yelling that their chin's cold and i'm yeah. like here's a dry one just <laughs> nice right. so, yeah. You're good. a couple sneezes into the uh yeah the face mask and you might need a yeah. new one too so how do you guys deal with uh and... with boot issues like if if that's something i'm going through with one of my girls who's i haven't quite we've just been renting every time because we missed out on the season lease deal and so she's been renting boots every time um and i was almost thinking it would be better just to rent them in the mountain because then i can go and swap them out if we need to but have you had those issues or do you get them pretty dialed in at the beginning of the season and it hasn't been yeah we haven't had fortunately i haven't had those problems but that is something that we'll have to look at for next year because i think that they aren't in the right size but they're not complaining about them either yeah well, you, so. guys, you guys might have them like sleeping in their boots for a few weeks before the season starts anyways it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> we, we usually get them out and they'll walk around on the carpet even with their skis on sometimes like when we're like you know fall and we're gearing up and okay who needs what try on pants try on this and they'll all walk around with that's awesome get up on in the house and i'm like that is the hard thing about young kids is gear only lasts one season yeah mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I always was shopping kind of year round and whenever I had a just sort of a random thought of skiing, I'd hop on Craigslist or offer up or whatever and um, or just even look at some of the big shops, you know, that that have the online presence. And yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. So I would imagine if we were to look at the data that your average family of five goes up once, twice, maybe three times in a season. And they got to be proactive this year with COVID. Any tips that come to mind that you'd pass on to some of our listeners who are looking forward to, to you know, midwinter break, like in a couple of weeks for uh, President's Weekend and all that? Or You really try and keep it fun, right? Like so that the kids have a good experience with it. But, you know, with, with COVID definitely throws a whole nother layer of complexity. In it. First time we went up this year, the kids all had like the net gaiters on. Right. Um, those don't work at all, right? For a kid trying to pull them up over their nose, it just falls right back down. So those, that brand from Costco, I think, uh, the it way that those are It was sewn, Bula, yeah. Bula, yeah. The way that they're sewn, the, like, almost like the beanie part and the um, mouth cover part are, like, hinged. Like a knight's um, helmet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And my only add to that now that, I mean, I know I'm the one who asked the question, but I would add that if, if you buy something like that for your kid, you might want to double check to make sure they still have the right size helmet because it can take up some space inside the helmet and you might, you might like uh, bring it into the shop or, you know, check it out before you head up to the, head out to whatever mountain it is you're, you're heading to for that long weekend. Right. I think skiing with kids in general is just a lot of work and you just got to know that going into it and you just kind of suck it up and do it and i think covid's made it a lot more work um we have good friends that usually ski but they're not skiing this year because she doesn't she just thinks it'll be too much but Uh i've just kind of lowered the expectation for the year like it doesn't matter that we're not going for all day like usual and And all that work pays off i can tell you i mean now that yeah my 14 year old is begging me to go skiing and just I mean, there's no greater joy than like trying to keep up with the kid that you taught to ski. Like it's and I think such one an thing that, awesome that we feeling. kind of committed to early on was like, this is what we want to do as a family during the winter. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, like the family that goes up and skis, you know, two times a year, a family of five, right? Like, you know, passes, midweek passes today were 120 bucks at the right. at the ticket window right yeah. so, it's a 500 dollars day yeah, yeah at yeah. least right well yeah. when you're buying when we bought the season passes and the you know for the five of us I, you know it's like 650 for bets and i and you know a couple hundred bucks for the kids so i'm at you know 16 1700 bucks for 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 the season and we'll ski you know 20 to 30 days a season the cost per day is really quite affordable when you start to really break it down right yeah. there's you know there's gear you got to buy and stuff like that but you know that all gets handed down like if you think about like what it costs to even take a family of five out to dinner into a movie right which can't yeah. get movies right now anyways but you know what i mean like you're yeah we said yeah we're gonna spend some money to be able to do this every year but we're gonna do it 20 times a year so our you know our cost per day of fun is i think you know reasonable yeah. for the for what we get and our kids are learning to be outside and learning to be uncomfortable and learning to you know push through and um you know being comfortable outside and in different elements and in nasty storms and all of that so yeah think- it's, it's it's always it's always changing up there for sure well and i, I think you know, if, if our listeners are people who are thinking about, yeah, we haven't been up yet, but we're going to go up for Martin Luther, or not Martin Luther King, but President's Weekend coming up in the next month or spring break in, in March or whenever. Um, I, I think I think Betsy's right. You got to kind of lower the expectation bar and you got to kind of be ready for anything. You know, you may mm-hmm. you may land at whatever, let's say you're going to Sun, or, uh, Sun Valley for, for, you know, four days or something. I think you just need to tell yourself, you may not ski all four days. Prepare yourself so that you don't get your heart broken if you really wanted to ski on Tuesday because maybe that's going to end up being a good day to go snowshoeing or something different. Mm-hmm. Um, be an opportunity, you know, regardless, you're going to be in the mountains and you're going to have a breathtaking time and uh, it'll be a good trip, but you just got to kind of change your perspective on on like skiing and whether you're going to ski or whether you're going to be on the first chair or um, whether you can afford lift tickets or whether you can even get them. So yeah, it's ready for everything here. And to know that the lines are going to be longer, right? Like the, yeah. the lift lines are just taking longer, right? Cause they can only put so many people on a chair. You got to ride people you rode with or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, we've stood in some lift lines that were 
30 minutes. This well, I love that you're getting the kids out there. I love that you're doing all this. Do you guys have any kind of parting comments that we haven't covered? I think just go do it. Get kids outside. Get them off the iPads, off the computers, and, and out into nature and learning to push themselves and, um, you know, exploring. And, you know, there's so many things for them to go learn and discover about themselves and about this world that they live in um, that they're not going to learn from sitting on a computer. So get them outside. I love it. Is, Great words, there, Josh. Appreciate it. And there is nothing like, you know, chasing them down the mountain. Nothing you like know, it. Like you said, Michael, we're kind of to that point now where it's like, hey, where do you want to go? And you just yeah. kind of follow them around. And it's like the hard work pays off eventually. That's right. It's easy now. It's, it's the work. It does. Your, your lower there. back eventually heals. From <laughs> yeah. Picking yeah. them up. And, <laughs> and at some point, they'll let you not follow them under those little right. trails that go off onto the side on runs like Queen's Run that yeah. your body uh -huh. just doesn't quite fit between certain right. trails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The extra 40 pounds won't let me in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it's been awesome having you guys today. And I'll, I'll repeat for our listeners, we're loving hearing from you guys. We're loving the Instagram connections. We're loving the, the calls at 253-260-4577. And again, check us out at ontheliftpodcast.com. Um, I think it's about time to, uh, to, to raise the old bar and uh, tips up and get off this lift. And it's been awesome talking with you guys tonight. We really appreciate your time and your thoughts. Thanks for having us. Can't wait to get this one on the air. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. On the Lift Podcast is a production of Runaway Dumpster, LLC. Visit us at ontheliftpodcast.com, where you can listen to back episodes of the podcast. You'll also find show notes, feedback box, and our call-in number, 253-260-4577.